Vladimir Špička is a Prague-based filmmaker with years of experience from London, where he studied film and worked in a production company. Coming from the Czech Republic, Vlad used to be a musician who occasionally filmed music videos for fun until he decided to become a filmmaker. He moved to London to pursue a career as a director, starting with studying film at the university. Education solidified his goal to become a director and helped to develop useful skills for this role. Thanks to his proactive approach, he stepped early into the industry by working in a production company where he tried various roles while working on different types of content. However, after a few years, Vlad decided to move back to the Czech Republic to continue working as a director, filming music videos and other types of content. Listen to this episode to learn more about living and working in the Czech Republic, hear details about exciting projects Vlad worked on and what it was like to work in the US. Enjoy! Hello Vlad, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's the first podcast for me ever. Oh, big expectations. <laughs> At the beginning, can you please briefly try to introduce yourself? Yeah, that's. I always find this very hard, but uh, I'll try very briefly. My name is Vlad, right? I'm a filmmaker. Originally, I'm from the Czech Republic and currently I live in Prague, but I used to uh, live in London for five years, I think. And I studied film there. My career started there, but then I decided, you know, let's uh, change scenery. And I went back to Prague. And I think my background in terms of work is currently like brand content, which is like film combined with marketing and a lot of music videos, right? It's pretty crazy, but yeah, I've been directing a lot of music videos and I've been fortunate enough to work on some like even bigger music videos for like big labels like Warner and stuff like that. So I'm grateful for that. And I think that's kind of who I am right now. And I'm also a very curious person. So that's a fun fact. It's something that makes us similar. I'm very curious as well. Yeah. About what? In general? Or yeah, in general, like it's like also one of the reasons why I do podcasts. I find it interesting to speak to people and find out new stuff. You know, I listen to your story and find it inspiring, interesting, and you never know what you find out. It's true. You know, I used to be an introvert and the idea of talking to people was once like very scary for me. But the more I teach myself to like exist amongst other people and the more I talk to other people, the more I realize that it's actually like that is framing your experience in life. Right, and you can learn so much just from talking to people. So did you like purposely try to become extrovert or did it kind of evolve over time? Well, kind of both. I realized at some point, I think I was like 23 or 24, that I am trying to get into an industry which is based on interaction with people. Yeah. And I hate interacting with people. So something was not computing there. So I essentially told myself, you got to learn how to talk to people and you got to learn how to appreciate it. You know, I think a lot of that introverted stuff comes back to my childhood. And I just had to fix that because I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being an introvert. I think it's actually sometimes beneficial because you can spend time on your own. And, you know, you don't need other people necessarily to have fun. So that's awesome. But at the same time, you know, 
I had to really purposely work on becoming social, which took like many years, right? And I'm still in that process of, I don't think I'll ever fully learn what some extroverts know intrinsically, which is like some people are so good with people, right? And I'm trying to get there and it's, I think it's a lifelong process, but yes, I had to like consciously work on it. It's definitely been a great experience, definitely improved both my personal life and professional life because the whole film industry is based on collaboration, right? So as you're just discussing this topic, can you share some tips maybe to people who struggle with this as well or want to become more extroverted too? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a bit different for everyone. But one thing that works for me is, you know, if I have to call someone and I'm dreading it, do not like postpone it. Just pick up the phone and call, right? That's one of the things that I always dreaded, like calling people. So just do it. And the more you do it, the easier you'll find it. And I think generally speaking, the problem that I know a lot of introverts have, including me, is sometimes we don't like to make plans. And if we make plans, then on the day, we don't feel like it. We just don't feel like going out. And I don't know if that's you as well, but um, suddenly I realized that ignoring that feeling that, oh, I don't want to go, ignore that and just go. And afterwards, you'll feel, at least I always feel like really good. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so glad I went somewhere where I met people and I actually realized, hey, people are nice. I'd like to do this more. But you have to just push against your gut feeling, I think, which is weird yeah. because we're being taught, right? Like, listen to your gut. But in this case, your gut is just trying to shield you from the world, but you need to be part of that world. So Yeah, I feel like I can definitely relate to it. It's like yeah. this resistance and also laziness. You are in your comfort zone and you don't really want to go. But then you go and in the end, it's not that bad. And you overcame that feeling that you didn't want to go. And it's kind of easier next time. You know, as more as you practice it, the easier it gets. So it's something I struggle as well with. I think it's probably natural. I would say plenty of people struggle with that. Yeah, but uh, good example. I relate to it, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's just about like with anything, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And I think, you know, people are afraid to be awkward, but maybe what helped me too is realize no one cares. Like we tend to get so self-conscious, right? And we say something and then we're like, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. But in fact, the other person doesn't even remember it the next day, but we keep repeating it in our head. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But people don't care. I think I heard that it's called spotlight effect, that something awkward happens to you and you're like, oh, everyone saw it. That was so embarrassing. But maybe someone saw it, but not that many people and people don't care because everyone, you know, they think of themselves and why would they care about you? So you're like, oh, that's a big deal. They are going to remember. But that's what's really true, India. Exactly. That's right. We all like, because we think about ourselves first and foremost, usually, right? So... Yeah. Exactly, the spotlight, like, oh, me, 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 now I'm talking, everyone's listening to me, what are they thinking? Wow, well, well, oh my God. But in fact, everyone's thinking about themselves, kind of. So you're absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, I would say it's also something that everyone or most other people go through. So there's a not reason to stress about it because it's natural, it's normal. And as we said, the more you do it, the easier or the better it gets. So yeah, um, introverts of the world, just just do it. You know, 
Yeah, just do it. Shell a booth. Can we start maybe with your beginnings when you moved to London? Have you always been to filmmaking, like since your childhood? It's it's interesting because I thought for a long time I would be like a musician, like that would be my career. Uh, specifically, like singer? No, no, no. I, I <laughs> listen. I wish I could sing. I wish, but I found out that I cannot sing at the age of fifteen, and I was a little depressed after that for like a year or so, but I was a drummer. Well, I hope I still have, hope I still got it. And we had a band at high school and obviously we thought we're going to make it, we're going to be famous, we're going to get all the girls, you know, be just play at the biggest venues, all that stuff. And because I was an introvert, I wanted to do everything ourselves. So I taught myself how to sound engineer, you know, I wasn't the top sound engineer in the world obviously but i taught myself you know a decent level of that and then you know when we had some like some songs recorded we needed music videos and that's how i got into sorry what kind of music were you doing i was like rock pop you know it's kind of mainstream stuff yeah but we were obviously inspired by green day and all that you know (laughs) punk rock stuff but that's how i got camera in my hand for the first time and then by the time it, I was like 18, I realized that I actually like this. You know, the videos were horrible, like awful, but I knew that, okay, I like this. This seems like a lot of fun. And I don't know, I don't think I had like a particular talent at all. I just like doing it. And so I applied for a film school in Prague, which I didn't get into, by the way. I don't blame them. Was it fun? Yes, it was fun. Because isn't it very hard to get there? It's pretty hard because they they take about five people each year into the class for directors. And there's like three rounds of kind of talent examination. And yeah, and I didn't make it, which I'm not surprised by, to be fair. But anyways, then I kind of tried to keep doing what I was doing, just making some videos and... And then I went to London because suddenly I had the feeling of I need a change in my life and the band broke up. So I kind of thought, listen, I always wanted to go abroad. Let's go abroad, which is something I would always recommend to people like spend some time abroad. It's a fantastic experience. And that's when I went to film school in London, which did accept me. I got a little better, maybe. Who knows? Was there any particular reason for UK and London? Um, I guess because it was more affordable than the US, because I wanted to be best. But to be fair, London seemed very interesting too, because my friend, she used to study at Middlesex as well in London. And I don't know, it was like, we didn't see each other for a long time. And suddenly we had like a chance encounter. And she told me, hey, why don't you just try coming to London? Because I was like kind of depressed back then, because I, you know, all my high school friends went to like universities and I was the only one who didn't. And so suddenly I'm there like I didn't have that many clients and I didn't have any friends. I was like in a bad place. And so she was like, hey, come to London. And I investigated that option for a little bit and then I just did it, you know. So that's why and I'm glad I did because I think London was a definitely good choice for me at that time. How difficult was it to get there? Maybe if you compare it to the one in Prague? 
definitely much easier, but you know, I think it's a different system, mainly because in Prague, it's a publicly funded school. So you don't have to pay for it, but it's very hard to get into. And it's also a school that's like this particular one, which is famous film school in Prague. They are very specific about what they want. And I know for a fact that some people have applied multiple times and there's people at the age of 35 applying still to that. Much harder to get into because you don't pay for it and it's treated as like a very artsy school. Whereas Middlesex University, which I went to, didn't have such strict rules and it's not publicly funded, right? So that is a big difference that plays a role. Although I have to say the film course back when I was there at Middlesex was one of the top three in the UK. So that was that was actually great. I didn't know that when I was applying. And so, yeah, very happy about that choice. Looking back at your studies, did you enjoy the course itself? I did. It lasted for three years and each year was very different. And did it meet expectations of one of top three film courses in UK? I think it was definitely about the lecturers. We had tremendous lecturers with experience from the field. And actually, I think the ways I think about film still up until today is based on what some of them have uh, told me. And I think definitely it was a good course in the sense that you had to fight for yourself, definitely. And, you know, it's you have to fund your films. You have to kind of really like it's what you make from it basically right that's the best way to explain it it could be an awful experience it could be a great experience you can learn a lot or you don't have to learn anything at all that's kind of the thing so but i think that freedom is actually not a bad idea because those who really want to learn those who really want to explore the filmmaking ways those are free to do so and and the rest will not obstruct the way maybe So yeah, I was very happy with that. And um, like my final, at the end of the whole journey, we had to finish the degree with a short film and a couple of them were screened at the British Film Institute. So for me, that was a, that was a nice thing to see actually something that we created on the big screen in such an iconic place of British cinema. So that was very exciting back then. And I did win like a directing award Uh, oh wow did i expect that yeah yeah you know i don't i don't know i awards are funny thing because i don't know if they reflect the real world but it was definitely a good experience was it a reward out of middlesex students or was it a reward some kind of from more universities or how was it uh, no this was at middlesex directing yeah. award was middlesex yeah but at the bfi it was like a collaboration with avid and i won a camera award there Oh, so, one more award. Ooh. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but so like, yeah, it was, it felt good and it was like a gratification. But I don't like think of it as, as... Yeah. When you went to that university, did you already knew that you want to focus on directing? Or did you go without thinking about any specialization and over time you decided for directing? Or how was it? Definitely I wanted to direct. I think maybe it was just my introverted dictator mind thinking I could do everything best. Or isn't it what everyone goes there feeling that yeah. they become directors? <laughs> yeah, you're right. A lot of people have that notion of directing as, you know, being the boss, it's the best thing, you know, everyone knows the directors. 
So maybe it was that, but over the years, I actually discovered that that is in fact where my strengths lie more so because of my leadership abilities and the fact that I am very good at connecting dots, which I think a good director does. It's like an architect, right? So you, you connect the dots in different departments and the dots in the story and you have to be able to oversee everything so it makes sense once it's finished. And I'm, I have traits that make me good at that. So that's why I think it's a good idea for me to be a director, besides the fact that I love what it entails. Yeah, sounds good. And with your short film in the end, in the third year, did you go to any festivals? Or we, we did, I think, one in Portugal in Espinho, but that was with the um, official like screenings of our year. And then I sent it to some festivals, but I think the problem was we were so drained after <laughs> filming it, you know, and graduating that we didn't put much effort into pushing it out anywhere. So I think it kind of evaporated as it does often, but, you know, I'm still proud of it. I think it's a good thing to watch. But obviously, you know, it's um, student it's film. like, yeah, it's a student film. The thing is, it doesn't feel like it necessarily. But, you know, it's like if I was to direct a short film right now, it would look a little bit different, too, because there has been some evolution. Right. And can you expand a bit? Why was it so draining? Was it, you know, the whole place as, as a student trying to make a film or was actually the shoot somehow stressful? It didn't work out as you planned or... What were the reasons? Well, it's because... Or was it your producer? <laughs> Just... It was a lot of factors because, I mean, uni is kind of specific and it's like a sheltered environment, kind of in a different place than the film industry. But also there was like pressures, right? Everyone wanted to do kind of something a little bit different and everyone's kind of trying to look out for themselves. And me and my producer, we were co-writing it. We did actually win a screenwriting award from Avid for that as well. <laughs> One more. <laughs> One more. But it was like push and pull situation. And, you know, once you do that for a while, it gets very tiring. And, yes. you know, I think the shoot was very difficult because we shot it in Ireland, in the very west like of Ireland, kind of above Galway. So it was cold and miserable. And it was 10 days of stress pure stress and because you know i was still obviously learning and i'm i still am learning to this day and it was like a you know a big responsibility because i also had to prove to some of the crew that what i had in mind was in fact a good idea you know some people thought i had too many shots planned out as some other people thought this and that and you know i was kind of like experiencing it all it was hard to like stay on course but then, you know, it all paid off during the rough screenings because, you know, a lot of other films were just like crane wrecks and ours was in a pretty good shape early on. So I was very happy about that. But that, just that pressure kind of... Yeah, it's under a while. Yeah, yeah. Why did you shoot so far away in uh, Ireland? Why not? <laughs> Budget, less stress, easier. Yeah, the thing is, my producer Ben, he lives in London, but is family are Irish and they had like a summer house okay. there and so that counted as a location of course we had to get there but listen I wasn't in charge of the budget 
he told me it's gonna be fine. That makes so sense. I was like, okay. But it's true that the actors did ask me that because it was like it was kind of like an Irish story with Irish actors set in Ireland, and the actors like asked me, "So why are you as a Czech person directing an Irish film?" <laughs> I did not have the answer for that. You know, I was like, "Why am I?" <laughs> you know. Well, I must say it sounds exciting to go to film just to a different country, not to film it in London as most of the people do. And it's kind of different and, you know, challenging, exciting. So why not? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was the landscapes too, because, you know, I'm a big believer in that you have to set your stories in an interesting place. You know, it's like, of course, setting it on the streets of London in the present day is the easiest thing you can do but the problem is your story has to be that much more interesting and that much better directed because it looks like whatever people see every day but suddenly if you put your story in an interesting location such as i call it the irish savannah you know then it really catches your attention and catches the eye and it immediately injects kind of a whole new level to that story like suddenly there's a you know, there's this vibe. It's like Lord of the Rings, right? New Zealand. Like, there's something special just in the location. And so that helped tremendously because it kind of, it feels cinematic automatically. And definitely also helps with the overall production value. Makes the whole film more ambitious, more beautiful. Differentiates itself because, not saying that everyone shoots in London, but obviously that's like the most popular option or budget scheduling and everything. So definitely a good thing, and I guess well done considering all the awards you received. Yeah, you know, but, you know, it was a fun project, but, you know, we moved on since then. Yeah, I was going to say, before we move on from the university, are there any tips that you would give to starters at university or people who are studying to take advantage of their studies? Don't spend too much time in your room. As I did, go out, meet people. <laughs> and I think just, I don't want to give a cliche answer, but it's like, you know, have no, fun. No, go for it. It's good. Or like to, have fun. As a reminder. Yeah, have fun and explore. And I'm not talking just about like booze, but, <laughs> you know, it's the time when you, you can really like explore your tastes and what you like and what you don't like. And so I think doing as much of that as possible when you don't need to necessarily have a job or, you know, always work. That's just such an invaluable thing. So, yeah, good advice. Just a quick one. If you enjoy our podcast, please give us a review on your favorite podcast app, subscribe or share it with your friends. For more information, visit the show notes. Thank you and back to the show. So I guess we can move from the university topic. How did you actually start planning your way into the industry? I started quite early. I started at uni. It was, I think, after second year, I went to one of our lead lecturers and I asked him if he has some connections or something like some internship I could do over the summer. Later, I found out I was the only one from the whole year that asked that question, which is funny to me. It's like, what else do you want to do if, <laughs> if you want to like, because I was always afraid I would, I would be homeless at the edge of So I had this fear of I have to get somewhere before the school ends or I'm going to be homeless. And it's a good fear to have, I guess. It's motivating. And so I got 
in touch with a production company run by two guys who went to the same course like seven years earlier. And now they had a production company. And essentially, I started working for them like, you know, small steps. Was it during third year at university already? It was, yes, it was before and during third year of uni. So I was working for them, kind of establishing that connection. And then after school, they contacted me and we started working more together. So that was kind of the start for me. It really underlines the whole point that I think is so important that it's all about people and who you meet and who you ask. Or, you know, it's all about talking with people. I guess I knew it a little bit back then, but now I'm so much more aware of it. You did so, it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And But also, back then I was... Sometimes I went back to Prague to film some music videos because, you know, as a former musician, I had some connections with a lot of musicians. And I kind of... I just filmed a bunch of music videos for them, which felt good because, you know, it was the first time I got to travel or work and it felt it felt good, you know. And I'm sure it, for them it was exciting as well because, you know, music band from Prague and they've got filmmaker flying from London to record a video for them, you know, like a big deal, big expectation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe, but I think, you know, mostly they were just happy that we kind of could make the project happen and... I always connected it with like visiting parents and friends. So it was, it was quite pleasant. Yeah. Sounds like a good kind of work holidays. Yes. So then once you finished third year, have you started working in that company full time? I don't think it was full time. I think it was like freelance based, but pretty much like most of what I had back then was for them. But was it like your only job or did you do something else at the same time? I'm trying to remember, actually. I'm thinking like maybe you worked part-time in a pub, part-time freelancing. I guess not, but just as an example. I, I, didn't, I didn't do the part-time thing because I was just kind of able to sustain myself without it. So that was good. And I was also an introvert, so I was scared. <laughs> as I said, you know, I was still working on my people skills. Now I think things would be a bit different. But I think I definitely had like some projects on the side. But they were as numerous, obviously, because mm-hmm. I was still starting out. And I think after a year, like kind of COVID hit, I graduated 2019, I think. And then COVID was like a year later or two years later. One year later, because I graduated after you and it right. when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So up until then, I was kind of freelancing for them. And then after COVID... When we caught the first break, I got involved in full-time. How come was that? I would expect that there would be less work because of the COVID. Was it the opposite? It was actually, I'm not sure if there was more work, but definitely after that, like first wave was gone. Like the first wave was awful. No one knew anything, right? So the first wave really killed a lot of things. But then soon enough, when people realized this is not just like one or two months situation, all the companies and all the people who needed videos and marketing and brands, they realized, oh, hello, we have to make marketing. We have to create product promotional content because this might last, you know, forever and people still need to spend their money, right? Yes. So we essentially started filming, I think, right after the first wave kind of went away. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a lot of work. And it was... Definitely my busiest time in London. 
after that. Plenty yeah. of work, right? Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, I was full time for a year, and then can after you? That, no, after that, that's when I decided to go back to Prague. So, and can you say a bit more? What were you doing in that company? Was it directing or recording with camera, editing, or kind of everything? It was everything that needed to be done. But like I would say, a big part of it was directing. That's where I learned the most because up until then, you know, I didn't know that much about startups and marketing. Like I knew marketing in theory, but it's a different breed when it's like applied in in practice. So I got a lot of experience from it, and I met a lot of well, I directed a lot of people in front of the camera. Some of them even like CEOs who you know have like their entire fortune is bigger than you know is more than me 20 times right <laughs> more than like, i'll make in the whole life daily it's like you know it's like some crazy rich people and i'm like okay now i have to direct this person and you know that like dynamic was something that i had to work on and learn how to kind of how to approach that and basically then i was doing a lot of editing some camera work here and there even some basic animation so like whatever because as i said i'm a curious person and i love every single thing in filmmaking and so i was always kind of trying to branch out but yeah it was a small company so we were always kind of doing whatever had to be done but it sounds like that you're fortunate that you wanted to become a director and then after finishing uni you actually directed some stuff which i would say is probably not so common that it happens to someone I suppose you're definitely correct in the way that you know people's plans and then the reality once they step onto the filmmaking boats where does the storm take them yeah it's always difficult to predict and but definitely the directing part was fun but also I didn't imagine myself directing like brand content or like something with marketing right because yeah. I thought I would be on a film set so That's the example of like I was directing, but it wasn't exactly where I wanted to be. But understood at the same time that that's okay because you learn a lot from any experience. And I'm actually very grateful for having that marketing background with brands and people that that aren't necessarily always actors. Like we had some actors, but also people who work. And I think that's kind of a challenge to direct. So I appreciate that, you know and. And I think definitely I'm happy with the fact that I did not abandon that directing goal and I'm still kind of staying true to it and I hope to expand on it. So yes, it's absolutely definitely like a great learning experience and also the fact that you had the chance to try different areas because yes. you never know when you might need something you just learned there or you know it kind of solidifies your opinion that directing is what you like the most since you tried the others and didn't enjoy it as much. So sounds good. And what are some examples of content that you worked on? Was it like AdWords campaigns or what kind of content? So it was a lot of different stuff. Some of it was campaigns for startups, especially for when they needed to crowdfund. So raising money and each time they need to raise money, it's a good idea to have like a crowdfunding campaign with a campaign video that promotes well it explains what they do 
and then tries to persuade people to invest. And you could obviously do it at home, but a wise idea is to have it made by professionals because it has a certain structure and, you know, it gets very creative. And it will be a different level. Yeah. So that was a big part of it, helping startups to raise money this way. But then it was some, uh, you know, promotional videos for brands. I remember filming bunnies, like rabbits and bunnies on a table with flowers, crazy colors. That was like some campaign for Easter for some other luxury brand. And then we were filming, uh, what was it like? There's this company, they make like really interesting purses, basically like a lady's purse. So we were filming videos for that, like brand stuff and like essentially anything that was connected to marketing and uh, promoting a certain brand. Yeah. What was some project that you enjoyed or something that stuck your mind or on the opposite side was challenging? Something you can mention. Interesting. I think actually one time I ended up directing a guy who came up with Lara Croft video game. Mm-hmm. That was the guy who like spearheaded that video game back then. You know, the whole famous franchise. Yeah, like, did he create that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it was really funny. We were down in some, like, city next to the sea. I don't remember which one it was. It was like a two-hour drive from London. But he was launching some new company or startup or service project. I don't recall, and you know, in detail. But suddenly I was directing that guy. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And was it something for another game? I don't think so. It was some it was a little bit less less exciting in terms of the gaming community. Something finance, I don't remember. But that was fun. Also, I think the highlight for me was always the locations that we went to because if you work with companies, you get to some interesting places, you know, so we did go to like some greenhouses where they were, you know, like creating plants like with some new technology, so all these organic carrots sprouting up, <laughs> you know, that one location, then we drove to Manchester to film dogs. So a bit of traveling as well. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And it sounds also great because at the university, it's mostly when you see like a student films, you know, white walls in students' yeah. apartments. Because yeah. obviously there's a budget and it's also hard to get for students actually location. So the fact that afterwards you actually were kind of lucky or finally filmed on proper locations, it sounds great. Yes, yes, definitely. It's um change of pace and change of location. Also, I remember a beautiful apartment. It was like one of those industrial apartments where you've got the tall ceilings and beautiful big windows and some photographer lived there but he also rented it out to be filmed like as a location it was somewhere down like canary wharf or something maybe like close by and it was really um like the place i wanted to live it you know and i saw a couple of those apartments throughout my career at this company because and i thought jesus yes this is what people (laughs) think of when they want to live in London. Of course, the reality then strikes. Then once you see those apartments, you're like, yeah. wow, 
that's got like two floors and the beautiful windows and colors and my god i you know? can imagine yeah sounds also as a good motivation if you get a chance to go to these places and then you're like wow this is what it looks like need to work hard for it yes yes and uh, one day work hard that's how it goes but also work smart that is true yeah and out of interest when you went to film to these places was it also up to you to get a permission or to chance to work there or was it someone else from the company or was it the client or how does it work when it comes to this well in this sense it works basically depends on the company so if it's a company's property or they lease the place then obviously they allow you to film there because it's for their cause for their own good but sometimes we would book locations ourselves i was not in charge of that we had production people for that but they would always either choose from like i don't know some list online you know like of bookable places or i don't even know if it was ever i don't think it was airbnb usually it's like places that are specifically for filming i was gonna and say probably not airbnb as no, no, no. that's not a good idea usually um but i remember also one time we were filming for like um a high profile or maybe not high profile but like high luxury real estate app and i got to see what a five million pound apartment looked like in soho wow and yes yes it, it does look <laughs> you know pretty expensive <laughs> uh, so that was like these kind of things really stuck with me like seeing places meeting mm-hmm. people because like i wouldn't have gotten there otherwise my god like it had its own elevator i'm trying your, to imagine your, your, your room your room no sorry your your apartment had an elevator not the building your yeah, yeah 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 and so, especially such a location as soho it's crazy you know central london Yeah, 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 exactly. So that was a lot of fun. Or I remember we were filming in there was some like wide street in London and they were implementing charging posts. Like you have got lamp posts on the street and they've got like charging plugs for EVs. I think there was like a first street in London that did that and we were filming like a video for Siemens, I think it was. Mm. Their technology. So stuff like that, you know, it was like interesting Yeah, sounds like a good memories from that. Yes, I did not think about these memories for a while, so since we're unlocking them. Bringing you some nostalgia. (laughs) Why did you then decide to pursue a different career or to leave from there? I think London in general was a little bit too much at some point for me, but it it was also my fault a little bit because I did not, I found it hard to find a circle of friends because weren't you already working on your extrovert skills i was i was (laughs) but it was not only that you know how london is you have friends but then meeting with your friends is an entirely different challenge unless you have like a group at work but you know at our company like we were friendly but everyone had their own life kind of thing so then If you weren't working, you know, the scheduling with people that you want to meet, it was kind of difficult and it felt to me like London was too sprawling. You know, I I love the city for many reasons, but I felt like maybe, maybe I need to just 
come to a more manageable place, I suppose. And maybe some nostalgia from my time in Prague kicked in. And I don't know. Listen, it was just like an emotional decision. Although I gave myself a year, a whole year to decide, do I want to stay? Do I want to go? And I decided to stay. But then one day I woke up and I knew I had to go. Like it was a weird thing. But like my point is, once you know something that you want to do it, you know, right? I think your mind just has to like process. It takes some time. Especially sleep on it. Yes. Well, I slept on it many, many nights. <laughs> and, yeah. One day I knew. And so, and I think professionally, I was also, I guess I wanted to do something else because like filming companies is great and marketing and all that. But I also felt like I wanted to get more in touch with, you know, like again, music videos and maybe like I had a lot of, basically I built up more connections in Prague somehow than I did in London. Yeah. But I was in London. That was weird. And I still don't know why. Maybe just, I don't know. Anyways, the point is, it just felt like the right decision. And I, I'm not regretting. I don't regret it, you know. I want to come back to London just to like visit and see all the places again. But not to live again? Who knows? That is true. I will never say never because that does not work. We mm-hmm. don't know. But it's not like that now you would be like, oh, I miss London. I want to come back. It's not like that. No, I don't regret it. No, no, no. I <laughs> think especially, listen, I, you know, just speaking practically, I have a whole apartment for myself, which is unheard of usually. And I guess as, as someone who's from the same country as you are, it's just for me understandable that you want to stay there. Like for me. I mean, I'm saying that I wouldn't want to be here, but I understand because that's where I grew up. So for me, it's also great and beautiful country. So I'm like, yeah, I get you. Yes. Yeah, also it's um, actually ice hockey plays a big part too. I love ice hockey. And Do you play ice hockey? I didn't know. No, I don't, I don't play it. I watch it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, makes sense. It's, you should know, Thomas. No, of course I know. I just wasn't sure. Why ice hockey? No, because it... here when you mention ice hockey, people are like, what is that? Exactly. It's my... a big sport. So like, really? When does someone watch it? I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Like, I love that game. And in London, there was no chance to experience it at all. You know, that is a good point. I remember when there is world championship, I spoke with some people from here. And I think that no one knew that there is like world championship in yeah. ice hockey. Yeah. So like, yeah. come on, guys. And even UK was playing there. And I think maybe we were playing with them, you know, Czech and UK. We were too, yeah, yeah, we were. I know, I know it's sad because it's sad when people don't even know your sport exists. Yeah. But it's a big sport, but in specific countries, I guess. It's like, like there's countries that don't do it at all, which mm. is like the UK. Like they do it, but like no one knows it because football, football, right? But, you know, it will be different if it was sport that would be only, let's say, in our country. But look at how big is it in North America as well. So it's not only ours. It's in no, different it's, countries. It's, too, it's you know? huge. It's, it's a huge sport. It's like, but it's like the sick uh, biggest sport or something in the world. And, you know, England, it just cares about football and maybe cricket, maybe rugby. Yeah. Considering yeah. the football culture here, there is no surprise. It's just so strong that it pushes everything else. Mm pretty much out you know Spain is the same so 
yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't know how much we can do about it. You know, I would happily spread the word, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I was going to ask you before, I guess I know the answer, but if you weren't thinking of going to some different country again, but I guess since you said that you had plenty of connections in Czech Republic or in Prague, it made sense to come back there. Yeah. I mean, Prague was my only aim, you know, the only other place that I always considered to be attractive was the US. I kind of click with the people, with the culture. And I did actually spend some time there last year. I was oh. filming for like two months. So where was it? It was in Miami and close to San Francisco. Wow. Sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely interesting. And I'm going there again next month to Cali. So like, that's a lot of fun, but I have to say, I still appreciate Prague a lot because, you know, it's a place where a lot of culture meets and it's a very livable city, very easy to live in, which is a good thing because it's like, you know, you don't have to stress out as much, but it's also a pretty big city still. So you've got everything that you need and it's getting quite international. I think I'm actually working on some videos for the city of Prague to promote Prague, actually. So so you will have a big impact on how Prague will be perceived in the future. If it gets more tourists or less. I hope so. Uh, but, you know, not only tourists. I hope that it gets um, people from all over the world who come here and make it their home because mm-hmm. I honestly think it's one of the most underrated places currently, at least like in terms of cities. At least we know whom to blame afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't you worry. They will come. And out of curiosity, are you or were you in the US like for holidays or also some work related stuff or both? No, I was working. I was working. I was filming. Um, really? For, yeah, for a startup, for a company. And they make, it's called Navizio Homes. And they make like these futuristic houseboats that some houseboats cannot like cruise on their own, but these houseboats actually can cruise. They have like engines. So I was filming like promotional lifestyle content for them, which was a lot of fun. And I got to explore Miami, which was interesting, although I have not explored it to its like fullest, but it was a lot of fun. And how did you find uh, Miami? Is it like in films, beautiful beaches, palms, the weather? Dude, it's a crazy place. (laughs) It's, It's like Grand Theft Auto. People drive like crazy and like they don't indicate. So, you know, I spoke to a person, to like a guy, he was like 60 years old, like a Canadian guy. He sat next to me in a cafe and, and he just like, that's the culture. They just start talking to you. Like maybe they overhear you on the phone and they ask a question. So I was talking to uh, one of my friends and then he asked me a question, you know, related to the call. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's talk. It's fine. Let's talk. Let's explore this. And we talked and he was like, you know, I lived here for 20 years now. I'm originally from like, I don't know, Toronto, whatever. And every single day that I drive here, I think it's my last day. Oh, that's what he said. That's what he said. I'm like, yes, I can feel you. You never know. You have to always like watch out. So that was, that was an interesting experience. Although I, I did love the, you know, it's got like the huge lanes, like four lanes in one direction, the huge highways. It is such a an overwhelming experience, especially coming from Europe where you have like half a lane, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
And so suddenly it was like overwhelming and I really felt like this is the American way. Then I realized that you cannot really walk anywhere much because it's like no distances. Made. Distances and it's not made for pedestrians usually. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're out. So the car culture is very strong there. But in general, like it's a tropical place, warm, and it's full of influencers and girls shaking their booty on the yachts. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of money, I guess, right? Yeah, that's actually where I understood the real meaning of luxury and wealth. Because, you know, like we think when someone has a Bugatti or Rolls Royce, we think, oh yeah, he's rich. But then I saw like the same Rolls Royce, just like an accessory to the boat. It was covered in like plastic sheets because the person just has it there and maybe uses it a couple times a year. It's just like you own a watch. They have like one yeah. Rolls Royce. Out of there. money. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting in that sense, yeah. Can you imagine living there? I tried. I tried, and I don't know. It has its charms, definitely. And I was always adamant about trying to live there, or in the US in general. But I don't know. Maybe if I tried it, it would work. Who knows? It's always about the people, right? If you are there working on something and you meet people every day and you have a group of people that you interact with and it's so much easier but i don't know i would find it difficult to come to a place that i don't know at all where i don't know anyone and suddenly like starting from ground zero yeah and i've done that a couple times in my life and it kind of gets tiring right no it's understandable it's much easier to start and it's not so overwhelming you don't feel lost if it if you're not on your own so something i can also relate to and understand you right yeah but there's a lot of good things about the us you know i europeans versus us we sometimes have like arguments we are better (laughs) they are better you know guns oh this that oh yeah i think it's like in any place in the world there's any kind of type of person mm-hmm. yeah you just gotta find your people that yeah. that's it. it doesn't matter where i was also going to ask you about california but we've got three minutes left so as i said before and to respect your time i would suggest to finish for today and to do second part if you are up for it because it will be yeah. two calls and there is still plenty of stuff to discuss. I know we didn't discuss your music career and after moving to Republic, so I'm sure there will be plenty of stuff to discuss in the second part. All right, sounds good. So thank you a lot. Thank you for joining us and I will be looking for part two. All right. Thank you very much, Thomas, for inviting me. Thanks. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Produce By. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app, leave a review or send us your feedback. For more information about the host, links from the episode and ways to connect with us, visit the show notes. If you know someone who would be an ideal guest for our podcast, please get in touch. Thank you and see you soon.